Welcome to Sigma Tiger News. We come get some of that hot, juicy beef. TGIF, everybody, it's Friday. Let's go ahead. What do we got today? Air Force One UFO? What's going on? Feminism lied? No. Couldn't be. And WTF is a potato. What is it? Can anybody figure it out? Thanks for joining us today on Sigma Tiger News. All my day oneers, thanks for coming back. Welcome back. And all my new Sig Tigs joining the ambush, welcome to you too. If you want to know about financials, go ahead, check out at Sigma Tiger Trade. Learn about Bitcoin, stocks, charts. Should I invest? When to invest? As well, Sigma Tiger News is going to be up on TikTok. So if you like that hot ticket, that hot juicy beef coming in short term, what do they call it? Short form, sorry then you can get that on your TikTok feed. We're going to start off today with a flat line. What's going on? Is the bottom in? What's, what's he talking about? Check it out. Look at this chart. If you're unaware of how to read a chart, you can see the top of the chart right here and the bottom here. So starting December 14th, 2020, Vaccination rates skyrocketed as everyone was terrified of the pandemic continuing and with a healthy push by the government and uh, many social media forums, everyone got vaccinated. We were looking at 2 million, 3 million doses, 7 day moving average, 3 million a week. Fast forward. To today May 9th I believe is the last amount of data and you can see it's completely flatlined we had a little bit more of a bump here in 2021 so like if this was a trading chart then this is the time where you would want to buy but it's not this is the amount of people who are getting vaccinated on a daily basis and it is <clears throat> very minimal at this stage why what's the deal I thought this thing was safe and effective so is it so effective that it's not needed anymore? So people aren't catching COVID anymore? So like are COVID cases up? Yeah. Is it because vaccination rates are down? I don't know. What's with the hesitancy of the vaccination? So this is interesting. Let's go ahead and move forward. This is uh, available to anybody. This is COVID data tracker from the CDC. So if you want to get all of your COVID information, uh, the data that's been compiled by the CDC is available on their website. <clears throat> so let's just have a look at this. This is Megan Kelly. She's a former uh, host. No, I believe she still is a host on Fox News. I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, let's hear what she's got to say. I regret getting the vaccine, even though I'm a 52-year-old woman, because I don't think I needed it. I think I would have been fine. I got COVID many times and I, it was well past when the vac vaccine was doing what it was supposed to be doing. Um, and then for the first time, 
I tested positive for an autoimmune issue at my annual physical. And I asked, I went went to the best rheumatologist in New York, and I asked her, do you think this could have to do with the fact that I got the damn booster and then got COVID within three weeks? And she said, yes, yes, I wasn't the only one she'd seen that way. Boom. So here's a hot piece of beef right there. Megyn Kelly, healthy 52-year-old woman, gets the vaccine as recommended, catches COVID a bunch of times, who knows if it's as severe as it could have been, whatever. She goes for her annual checkup, as you should after the age of 40. should go at least once a year, get a full diagnostic test, what's going on with all your systems. So 52-year-old Megan Kelly goes in and says, what's going on? I'm feeling something different. And the test result comes back and says, you have an immune, uh, autoimmune issue. Basically, that's your immune system, your body reacting in a way that it's not supposed to. Attacking itself. So, she's like, well, what's going on? I've done a lot of research. I'm a news reporter, an investigator. I've done a lot of research about this. So, is it possible? You know what I mean? I'd like to be informed so I can make a a decision about getting a further booster. But, like, do you think as a professional medical doctor that because I got the shot with a synthetic spike protein and then I got the actual spike protein in my body that it caused a reaction within my body that uh, is abnormal? And the doctor said yes. So that's anecdotal. That's not clinical. There's no data set on a number of different people. This is just one woman's story. And I think the truth is, is that this one woman is like many other men and women across the globe who've experienced uh, different adverse reactions, some severe, some mild, and it has led to a hesitancy to uh, not get further inoculated. So do your own research. Have a look. See what certain people have to say. A lot of people have things to say about it. I don't know who's right or wrong. Tiger certainly uh, wouldn't inject anything into his body he didn't know what it was. I mean, like, imagine it's like... You're, you're hooked on intravenous drugs. You know, you go down the street corner and there's a gentleman there and he whistles his friend over who drops a little sack into your hand for some cash. And you go home and add some water or baking soda or whatever you do to it. And boil that stuff up brown and stick it in your arm. <clears throat> well, I don't necessarily liken the vaccine to that, but I don't know what's in the vaccine and I don't know what's in that heroin baggie. Neither of it's going inside. And the only reason I say that is because it's brand new. You know what I mean? Like, I got all my other vaccines. The tiger knows he wants to be healthy. But the tiger wants to remain healthy. So anything that's novel, meaning new, means it's an experiment. The clinical data is being compiled as we speak. And I am not part of the stats. For your information, the Washington Post via Yahoo News, Joel Aikenbach and Lori McGinley, writing, colon cancer is rising in young Americans. It's not clear why. Well, what could be causing this? Colon cancer, part of your digestive system. I mean, if I were to guess, I would say it's the consumption of food or processed food 
more than likely, and the body saying, hmm, I don't know what to do with this. I'm just going to really try to extract some benefit out of it. And what it does is fails and ends up turning this stuff into sludge. And the rest of our intestinal tract is just like, and all the bad things happen to you then. So stop eating McDonald's. Straight up. I've seen that they have a chemical in that French fry that's really bad. So just check out the ingredients. Like I thought a French fry should just have potato, salt, and if you're deep frying it, certainly some hydrogenated vegetable oil. But what's in that oil? It ain't good, that's for sure. So go ahead, do your own research. Find out what you're putting in your body, whether it's injecting or ingesting. Very good idea. I mean, some people are like, I won't even put my finger in my nose. Well, why would you put a McDonald's french fry inside your body and have it try to tear that stuff apart and find some use and value in it? The only use and value in it is dopamine. When you put it in, it touches your tongue, and your brain goes, ooh, flavor. Guess what? Your backside is like, ooh, danger. And your body changes and reacts. So here, let's check it out. Five people gathered around the restaurant table do not fit the profile of colon cancer patients. They're female and they're young. Two were diagnosed in their 20s, one in their 30s, two in their early 40s. Okay, so that's absolutely ridiculous for people that young to be getting diagnosed with cancer. Colon Cancer Support Group gathers about once a month. They share stories such as the one about the doctor who, who said, you just need a laxative. The one about the oncologist who said, there's nothing we can do for you but give you chemotherapy the rest of your life. The one about friends saying, you don't look sick without realizing that isn't helpful. So yeah, absolutely. I can imagine uh, what it's like going through the medical system when those people that are uh, attempting to offer some help or advice are burnt out themselves from dealing with uh, hypochondriac patients or patients that won't listen or don't care about their own health and body. They just want the doctor to prescribe a pill. So that's pretty much what the health industry has become. Uh, these people are like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my body? And the doctors aren't nutritionists or dietitians, And they're like, well, I don't know. Like, maybe you just need to take a laxative to help yourself poop. And they're like, no, like, I need a full makeup. I need, like, tests. Can you order that stuff? And they're like, ah, you're young. You're fine. So it's the dismissiveness is the problem. Absolutely. It's making themselves feel better, said Carly Brown, 29, school teacher diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer five years ago. So at 24, she was diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. And that's, like, fatality. That is, like, death oncoming. How long can you last? Your prognosis is three months, usually. Go ahead and get some chemotherapy. Try to kill the cancer before it kills you. Collectoral cancer is one of the drivers of this trend. In the past three decades, incidences of the disease has risen significantly among people younger than 50. So, over the past 30 years, younger and younger people are getting this. So what's changed? <clears throat> I would have to say diet. Absolutely. What are people eating? Sugar. Processed vegetable oils. <clears throat> Early onset. Cancer forming on the patient's left side in the lowest portion of the colon adjacent to the rectum. Senior Scientific Director of Surveillance Research for American Cancer Society, Rebecca Siegel, states, These cases tend to be more advanced than cancers detected in older people. So the cancer is aggressive. It's early onset. It's uncommon among young people, but it's becoming common. 
A common symptom among patients with collateral cancer is rectal bleeding, and patients are usually diagnosed with hemorrhoids. Okay. Yeah, so there it is. If you've got problems in the back door, go see a doctor. If the doctor kind of gives you a, a whatever, go see another doctor. If you got to wait, wait and make sure you get a second opinion. All right, here we go. Detroit Free Press, Jamie LaRoe. GM buys out nearly half of its Buick dealers across the country who opt to not sell EVs. So I would assume they opted not to sell EVs because they just sit on their lot taking up space where they could have other merchandise that would sell. So... Late last year, Buick said it would be asking dealers to commit to a minimum investment of $300,000 to $400,000 to prepare their stores to sell and service EVs. So there it is. These people are franchisees, so they would contact GM and be like, Hey, I'd like to open up a Buick dealership in uh, wherever America. So they go ahead, they survey the area, the population, say, Okay, yeah, sure, you can go ahead and do that. Now you got to pay for the maintenance of the shop and advertising, things like that. And of course, you get the cars on consignment, meaning that they will give you the cars, but they depreciate on the lot, but you are still uh, have to pay the initial price that you got them for, unless there's some other contract. And then that car will sit there and depreciate, and eventually you'll have to make a choice. Am I going to sell this for the original sticker price, or am I going to reduce this and try and get rid of it and bring in something else that will sell? So basically they said... Am I going to commit quarter million to half a million dollars to sell and service these vehicles that just sit on the lot? And the answer was no. So GM was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And they basically said, we're just going to buy out those franchises and we're going to run them ourselves and we're going to run them right into the ground attempting to sell these EVs because we are years behind the curve realizing that this thing's not taken off. People don't want it. People can't afford it currently. So there it is. Declined to confirm how many Buick dealerships have taken a buyout in Michigan to date. So there it is. I believe this is just for Detroit. Is that what it stated at the top? Detroit Free Press. GM buys up nearly half his Buick dealers across the country. There it is. Across the country. Alright, moving right along. ADH drug prices rise as Adderall shortage leaves patients scrimping to fill prescriptions. So here we are. There's been an Adderall shortage since uh, late last year, around October. The drug companies couldn't keep up with the amount of drugs people were consuming. Uh, and Adderall is an ADHD drug, um, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. So there's a drug shortage nationwide. Patients are paying significantly more for medication to help them direct their focus at school, work, and home. So basically, ADHD is a disorder that uh, is neurological, where you have difficulty concentrating. And there's a spectrum. It's a range. Like some people are affected by it greatly, and others are highly functioning, let's say, and don't need medication at all. Depending on where you fall on the spectrum, the medication obviously gives you a certain level of concentration and focus to get you through your day. So, it fell into short supply October 2022. There's a mother from Delaware who her entire family, 17-year-old daughter, uh, has ADHD as well as her husband. And what were they going to do? They had to switch her to Viranase, which is like ultra expensive. Went from $20 a month to $300 a month. So what's the deal? 
what were they going to do? <clears throat> husband takes it. Mom takes it. Daughter takes it. Well, daughter's straight-A student. And off of this drug, she is failing. So what are you going to do about it? Why are so many people taking this? Is it a super drug? Should everyone be taking it? Why can't they make it fast enough? For some versions of the methylphenidate, sold under the brand names Ritalin and Concerta, the average price paid by small to mid-sized independent and chain pharmacies has nearly doubled since last year. Well, there it is. <clears throat> Demand is up, supply is down, and that is the basics of economics. Price will rise. Yeah, so they're basically saying because it's ADHD, no one's really given a stink about it. But if it was cancer, yeah, there would be everyone. There would be an uproar. People would be like, what's going on? So here's the stats. At least 6 million children ages 3 to 17 have been diagnosed. So it's like half a percent of U.S. Picture's less clear for people 18 and above, but it affects 11 million American adults. So if you've got 17 million... Again, not much more than half a percent. That's why nobody cares. And a lot of people are like, hey, that's not even real anyway. And I'm sure it is. There's certain people on the spectrum that definitely need help. Uh, and there's certain people that are told they need help and believe it. All right, moving right along. Here we go. Headline, UFO caught on camera hovering over Air Force One at LAX during Joe Biden's fundraising trip to Los Angeles. If you have been living in a cave, welcome back because the aliens are everywhere. The government's saying, yeah, we, we know about them. We're trying to figure out what's going on with them. They're here. It's not like, a, oh, no, 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 it's all fake. There's been leaks of videos. There's people from the U.S. government coming out whistleblowing. But what is it? Is it a dog whistle or is it real? I seen something the other day talking about MH370, that plane that disappeared, vanished without a trace. I heard that was these little orbs. Check that out on YouTube. Let's go ahead and dive in. President Joe Biden's December visit to Tinseltown, Hollywood, Los Angeles, for a campaign fundraiser caused such a hullabaloo, even aliens may have wanted to see what the fuss was about. So this is Jaws. Josh Boswell for DailyMail.com. Plane spotters caught a UFO on camera hovering above Air Force One in Los Angeles during Biden's December 10th trip. DailyMail.com can reveal the spherical white or silver object was filmed several times over LAX airport and spotted by multiple witnesses. Explanations range from a mere balloon to an alien probe searching for intelligent life. Either way, it appeared to give up on the president's entourage after less than an hour. So they're really trying to normalize this, like... A metallic orb, UFOs caught on camera by Reaper drones in the Middle East and studied by government's official UFO office, while skeptics dismiss this case as having a mundane explanation. So here is the plane. Where is the object? Boom, right there, right behind it. You can't really see it in this image, but here we go. The white or silver orb was likened to those seen by Reaper drones in the Middle East. Yeah, okay. So, as well as the video discussing the MH370 uh, footage, which may not be real. It may be doctor. I don't know. There's many investigations uh, going on with regards to that. So, what do you think? UAP, UFO, 
Here it is in front, so it's clearly moved around. Let's go ahead and have a look. Oh, that's nine hours. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and forget that. Cancel that. All right, so there's orbs around. Check the internet. Is it aliens? Yesterday's episode, Tucker Carlson was on. He was talking about some things. UFOs, beings. Are they aliens? He thinks not. He thinks they've been here forever. And he thinks that the government has a relationship with them somehow. I don't know. What do you think? They're talking about Nephilim. Things that are mentioned in the Bible. Giants. I don't know about all this stuff, but they're tickling it. They're trying to find out what's going on. They want to hear some laughs, maybe some screams. What's going on? We're going to find out. We'll keep you posted on all that. Here we go. The Senior Command District, Gaza Strip Tunnel and Command Networks demolished. So with precision strikes, Israel's IDF takes out a massive tunnel system in Gaza. Have a look. Infrared. Boom. Targeted strike. Tunnel and command networks demolished. No number on casualties. Let's pray that no one was hurt. Moving right along. Gen Z and millennial women are waking up to the lies feminists fed them. Now they're upset and alone. So the whole feminist movement was about, like, you know... You can do you. You don't have to listen to him. Because back in the day, the man ruled the roost, right? There was even laws that you could beat your wife with a broomstick no bigger than your thumb. Totally legit. Women couldn't vote. Women couldn't work. Well, all that changed. And a movement came about from all that saying that, you know, women haven't been equal and maybe we should be. And now it's evolved into, like, I'm a bad bitch. And I get mine, and you are less than me. So it's kind of like this weird twist that the bullied became the bully. Or the abused became the abuser. And that has a tendency to happen. Like, this whole racism, colonial thing is starting to flip around. Like, racism's bad. We should reduce racism. But racism against white people is kind of accepted because colonialism. All right. Well, let's see what they got to say. This is a woman here who posted something there not too long ago, basically stating that, like, she was advised to, like, you know, go get yours. And she was, like, bought into that belief. And I believe she was married even at 20. And it didn't work out. She didn't have kids. Of course, she focused on her career. And she's separated from her partner around 30 years old. And now she's 35. And she's like, oh, no, like, can I even have kids anymore? My biological clock is ticking, and it's on the 11th hour. So when you go to have a child at the age of 35, your doctor runs a bunch of tests, basically to see if it's dangerous for you to carry a child, like for the child's health and your health as well. Because it takes a lot out of a human to grow another human, um, especially at the age of 35. Uh, so yeah, there it is. Like this woman basically was like, okay, and now I'm I'm old, 
er, and I feel the uh, buyer's remorse. She totally subscribed to the fact that uh, you should focus on yourself only, uh, avoid having a family, uh, at least with children, and focus on your career. Get yours, get paid, spend all your time working to uh, achieve success financially, and guess what? Didn't work. And now she's upset. She concedes that she received this message from so many of the women in her life. I want to go back to some of those teachers and coaches and say, what the hell did you mean by that? Because we can't do it all. We can't. That's a lie. And that means to basically run a functioning household. You know, like if you go to work eight hours a day and then you come home and you have laundry and groceries and dusting and general maintenance and then your own personal hygiene to take care of there's not much time left you have a commute to and from work you work an eight hour day perhaps that's 10 hours of your day you got 14 left you like to sleep you like to nap you like to drink you like to eat at restaurants you don't have time for cooking so what's the deal are you happy because you're piling up debt are you happy because you're piling up labor hours or are you sad and tired and burnt out and you would much rather just nurture and cherish a loving relationship with a man and a child. I mean, that sounds like an easy choice to me. Like, well easy. So anyway, there's a lot of women who are going through this now at the age of 35 and above. And um, it's not for everybody. Sure, feminists work great for some people. Some people love it. They love being that person who's independent. And I love independence as well. I think it's all about being independent. But it's also about fostering a cherishing, loving relationship with your family. Moving right along, we have Comcast Xfinity data breach affects over 35 million people. So if you're a customer with this large media group, they provide internet, uh, voice over IP, phone services, uh, TV services. Uh, there's a Citrix vulnerability, basically uh, talking about computers, you know, code, was exploited so the hackers got in the system, and guess what they did? They leaked the names, contact information, partial, partial social security numbers, and birth dates. So that is basically all someone needs to go ahead and steal your identity, go ahead and get a loan or credit card. So if you are one of those 33 million people, go ahead, or 35 million, sorry, go ahead and uh, contact Comcast, and then contact your bank, potentially a third-party service who will monitor your credit. Uh, basically, they'll verify if anyone's trying to get a loan in your name and things like that. Should already exist. You know what I mean? Should get a letter. But what happens if they use a different address? There's ways around it. These people aren't stupid. You're the one who's stupid. Typically, when your identity gets stolen. Not in this case. Only in phishing scams. If someone sends you an email and says, Hey, we got $100 million cash over here in Africa but you need to send us your banking information. We'll transfer it to you, and we're going to need a small fee. If you fall for something like that, then there it is. All right, your gender identity can change over time, and yes, that's totally normal. Coming from Women's Health Story by Emily Becker, Addison Alawan, Heath Fogg Davis, PhD, and Sabrina Talbert. So this is a uh, collaboration here. So you're interested in learning all the terms and phrases someone might use to express their gender identity? Absolutely. Or maybe you're exploring your own gender. Nope. 
uh, and looking for the right word or words. Either way, there are a lot of terms out there and you might have a few questions, especially if you're realizing that you don't always identify with the gender assigned to you at birth. Don't always. So you might, like, today I feel like a big tiger. Tomorrow, I feel like a little lion. All right. If you're figuring out your own gender identity, you'll want to start by asking yourself some questions. A few of those might include, what settings do I feel not most accepted in, but most comfortable in? Who in my life do I feel most similar to and relate to? What do I enjoy? Do I feel right in my body? When others talk about the gender that they think I am, does that feel right to me? says Amy Mazoulis, PhD, a clinical psychologist, co-founder, and chief clinical officer at June, a telehealth service for teens and young adults. So it would be a service that they could call and say, hey, listen, I'm feeling certain things, and they're going to go ahead and feed them a bunch of information that they believe in. Uh, gender is a social construct. Yeah, sure. I guess, because it's all made up. It's still continues to be made up, but there is a biology as a basis originally for the binary. You know, everything has like a binary. There's one, the other. There's dark, but there's no dark without light because one defines the other, right? And there's like that in a lot of things. Of course, there's more than just a binary system, but it seems like on a base level, everything's binary until you start using your imagination. And the reason why I believe people feel confused about all this is because we don't live in a survival state anymore. We're not occupied with staying alive and feeding ourselves and making sure that we're not going to get eaten. So we have so much time on our hands based off all this convenience of technology that we, we can actually decide to question these things. And you know what I mean? Things only exist once they're created, you know what I mean? So there's an idea that if I come up with, that no one's come up with before, and I start telling people, then that idea will take on a life of its own, it'll grow and spread. Some people will believe it, some people won't. And that's exactly what I believe is happening here. People have had a lot of time to think and ponder and pontificate what's going on inside and how they feel, and perhaps they get a little philosophical saying, no, maybe I am not the way I'm supposed to be. So removing the soul, removing the spirit, you know what I mean? Like, you are uh, an anomaly. You're an outlier. You're different from everybody else. And I see that. I understand. Everyone wants to be an individual and be independent. You have to take that upon yourself. And a lot of people are doing that by uh, choosing to question if their existence is correct. It's a very interesting time. What is gender identity? In short, gender identity is how you feel about yourself and the ways you express your gender. A certified sex therapist in Minnesota, Jackie Golub. It's important to note that genitalia does not equal gender, that it's biology. Right, so this gender is a whole new construct thing that people are, are latching onto. And uh, yeah, so it's how you feel. Like, are you happy? Yeah, today I'm happy. Well, today I'm feeling feminine that's what you describe like that person is effeminate they have more feminine qualities or features or characteristics or behavior patterns but now that's broadened so it's just a spectrum 
it's becoming a spectrum. People are inputting their ideas. People are not happy with certain ideas, so they're creating new ones. Just like if you look at Christianity. There's not just one Christian religion anymore. It has been broken down. The Catholic Church, the Anglican Church, Protestant, Baptist. How many different denominations are there? They all don't believe in the same thing. Some believe the Bible parts are misinterpreted and they believe something else. What about Jehovah's Witness? What's going on there? They got their own book. And it's similar, but some parts are different. So that's the deal with humans, okay? We get a lot of time on our hands. We get ideas. We want to be individuals. We want to be outspoken. We want something we believe in, so we create it. And this is the world we live in. It's all about creation. Is it right? Is it wrong? Who knows? Is it confusing? Absolutely. But that's life. That's progress. So let's see what we got here. Agender means that one does not identify with any gender. Kind of like an asexual. Uh, bigender, not to be confused with bisexual. Being bigender means having two gender identities that can be experienced and expressed separately, or that can blend in an experience simultaneously. Uh, okay, I guess there's fluidity. Cisgender, this is what uh, would represent someone who doesn't want or need a label, but they've been given one. So the term cisgender, cis describes a person whose gender identity aligns with or matches their assigned sex at birth. So you have male genitalia, you are a boy, a male, a man, there it is. So making up words for everything. Demigender, so you're a little harf and harf. Female, female is one of the two genders that exist at either side of the gender binary. And then the spectrum within femme, which is French for for a girl. That would mean that you have qualities or characteristics. That would be effeminate. Uh, gender non-conforming. So you don't fit into the uh, gender queer, gender fluid, or non-binarily typically fall under the umbrella of transgender. Gender expansive. Gender fluid, gender queer, gender void, gray gender, which is now in Canada, been uh, accepted in the mental health lexicon. Uh, intersex, male, of course, non-binary, omnigender, pangender, polygender, which all mean exactly the same thing. Transgender, the umbrella. Two-spirit, which would be the uh, indigenous or aboriginal. And there you go. So, if you want to clarify, you can go ahead and have a look at that article. If you want to be confused, go ahead and have a look at that article. Alright, so here we go. What's going on, potatoes? WTF. Sorry, but potatoes may soon no longer be considered a vegetable. And already, I have something questionable about that. Food and Wine, story by Jalisa Castrodale. So the National Potato Council isn't happy, obviously. According to U.S. Department of Agriculture Economic Research Service, when Americans eat vegetables, they're mostly eating potatoes and tomatoes. Why is that? French fries and pizza sauce. Straight up. And that's the only reason. Junk food. Nothing to do. So they could literally put potato and take it out of starchy uh, vegetable and just put it into garbage junk food because that's the only way it's consumed really uh, at least in the West I should say so here we go 
dietary guidelines put foods into five familiar categories, dairy, fruit, grains, proteins, and vegetables. But the increasing prevalence of different diets and eating patterns mean that those categories may be changed. The panel wants to make sure everyone is getting enough nutrients, whether eating more potatoes, bread, or beans. So they're just trying to categorize the plate so you'll uh, naturally shift it over, as the government tells you, and say, okay, less potato, more beans. Get those legumes. So one other thing, the problem with this article is that they're saying tomato is a, a vegetable. And it's not. It's a berry. The tomato is a berry. Considered fruit. It has seeds. Tastes like a vegetable, but it's a fruit. So there it is. Potato. Potato. See a lot All right, the hair psychopathy checklist. The test that will tell you if someone is a psychopath, this will be very beneficial if you're in a brand new relationship with somebody. Story by Jim Edwards and Kenneth Niemer, Niermeyer for a Business Insider. Do you have excess glibness or superficial charm? Are you buttering people up? Hey, listen, you look great. I love the dress. Ooh, your hair, is that new? Nails done? You look great. Love it. Can I have 50 bucks? Do you have a grandiose sense of self-worth? Do you feel like you are the contributor to the group? Like you're the funny guy, you're the tool man, you're the lover, you're the dad, you're all those things, but nobody believes it but you. Grandiose. Do you have an excess need for stimulation or proneness to boredom? Can you not be stimulated enough? Like I need more than, yeah, you're, you are teetering on the edge. Why are you so bored? What's with the anxiety? Are you a pathological liar? Do you lie about everything? Hey man, where were you? Uh, I was off doing this when you were actually doing that. You know, like, hey man, who are you talking to? Uh, this person. But you're actually talking to that person. Why are you pathologically lying? Like, why is there serial lying happening here? Because you're a psycho. You live in some sort of fantasy world. Are you conning or manipulative? Are you trying to get your own way? Do you do it by lying? Chances are you're a psycho. Do you display a lack of remorse or guilt? Yeah, well, then we're leading towards sociopathies, okay? This is like you're a sociopath. Do you have a shallow effect? Lack of emotions. Yeah. How do you react? Hey, man. Sorry, man. I, I, your dog died. I'm being like, okay. Well, then, yeah, you've got a problem. If you have a lack of empathy or compassion, then you have a lack of consciousness. Or conscience, sorry. Are you callous or do you lack empathy? Yeah, you're a psycho. Do you have a parasitic lifestyle? Are you like mooching off people, living on people's couches, lack accountability? Do you have poor behavioral controls, impulse controls? You, do you use drugs? When you drink, can you not stop? Do you gamble? Do you have tremendous amount of debt? Do you have a history of promiscuous sexual behavior? Yeah, you're trying to fill the void there. Do you have a history of early behavior? So that one there might not necessarily be psychosis. That might be traumatic. Uh, history of early uh, behavior problems. Like, you know, are you hurting things? Do you lack realistic long-term goals? And by that meaning, like, are your long-term goals unrealistic? Like, I'm going to become the president of America. Good luck with that. Are you overly impulsive? So meaning, like, do you see an opportunity... And always take it, even when it might be detrimental. Do you have a high level of irresponsibility? Yeah. 
do you fail to accept responsibility for your actions? Have you had many short-term marital relationships? Yeah, can you not hold a relationship together? Why? Do you have a history of juvenile delinquency? Could be traumatic-based. Have you ever experienced a revocation of conditional release? So, basically, have you been in and out of prison? There you go. So, if you fit into any one of those things, then you could be absolutely a psychopath. Hyperloop, Elon Musk's pipe dream bites the dust. Story by Charisma Matarang by the, by the Rolling Stone. Basically, they're saying the economic downturn of everything, the fact that uh, Elon Musk cheesed it out of uh, California and is now in Texas, all the Hyperloop projects are devolving and uh, becoming uh, backburned, let's say. And there it is. Like, there's a bunch of them that were promised to be done. None of them are anywhere. Uh, so there it is. He's moving on. He's going to space. Hyperloop, whatever. Canada, what's going on? A whole bunch of people are leaving the city, moving out into the backwoods. New villages are sprouting in northern Ontario wilderness, and the province says it's keeping tabs on them. The province says it remains concerned about the safety of off-grid communities. So we have someone out here who put together a little plywood shack, got a nice door on there, uh, lacking windows, any sort of a siding or protection, you could see that. Was there... Uh, oh, yeah, the roof doesn't look like it has shingles, so this thing probably will not last. Provincial inspectors have visited some of the controversial off-grid communities being built in northern Ontario wilderness. At least one of the new villages welcomes the government's oversight. Feeling great about it, said Tanner Demers, one of the 160 members of the Swan Lake community, not too far from Kirkland Lake. So there's 160 people now living outside off-grid in the wilderness, not as homeless, and not as hermits, in a community. So here we have Tanner Demers. He's uh, one of the individuals who's quite happy with the government coming up just to verify that they're not breaking any laws, not doing anything improper. And uh, what happened here, uh, he says they're trying to distance themselves from the medieval villages group that initially sold them the land. So there was a group up there uh, that was allowing people to use the land and selling plots of it to people. And uh, it got a little bit out of hand and the government went up there and tried to clean it out. And they couldn't. There's nothing they could do about it. So now they're just watching. The, prov the province remains concerned about off-grid communities in unincorporated areas and the potential for them to be unsafe for the inhabitants and place significant pressure on neighboring municipalities as well as the environment. So basically staying like, you know, they could be cutting down trees. What are they doing with all the waste material? What's happening up there? We can't trust it. We can't control it. We can't tax it. We don't like it. We'll keep you posted on any uh, updates on that. Weight loss by intermittent fasting can alter your brain. Intermittent fasting is basically uh, reducing the amount of food you eat in a uh, time frame. So basically like eating once every 17 hours. Eating once every 24 hours. Intermittently. Right? So I won't have my first meal till 10 a.m. instead of 8 a.m. So I'm extending the period of time that I'm fasting. So instead of breaking my fast by eating breakfast, breakfast, I'm going to wait to break my fast. That's all. And they're saying that it affects your brain. So what's it do? A popular diet regimen can cause permanent changes to both your brain and the bacteria in your gut, research has found. This weight loss method, known as intermittent energy restriction, involves switching between days of eating normally and days of fasting. Researchers found that this diet can affect the interplay between brain activity and the gut microbiome, the collection of good bacteria living in your gut. 
Understanding these relationships, the team said, could shine a light on factors involved in successful dieting and maintaining a healthy weight. The full findings of the study were published in the journal Frontiers in Cellular and Infection Microbiology. The composition of the gut microbiome is greatly influenced by dietary choices. Absolutely. And if you're aware, one of our previous stories, uh, we talked about the gut microbiome and Alzheimer's and how they're related. Basically, you have bad guts, you have a bad brain. Zeng and his colleagues on the team monitored the gut microbiome, blood, and brain activity of 25 Chinese adults with an average age of 27 years. All the participants were obese with a body mass index between 28 and 45. A person is classified as obese if the BMI is over 30. Obesity is a major risk factor for several diseases, including cardiovascular disease and diabetes. Over 1 billion people worldwide are obese. So we're looking at like 15% of the human population is obese, considered not overweight, not fat, but obese, meaning like clinically unhealthy. In a study, each participant underwent two dietary phases, a high-controlled fasting phase and a low-controlled fasting phase. During the high-controlled phase, participants spent 32 days receiving meals from dietitians that slowly decreased in calorie count down to around one quarter of their basic energy needs. For 30 or more days after this, they underwent the low-controlled fasting phase where they were given a list of recommended foods designed to give the women only 500 calories each day and the men 600 calories per day. Following these fasts, participants were found to have lost an average of around 17 pounds, roughly 7.8% of their average body weight. So there you go. What about the microbiome? They found that patients' microbiome changed, with some bacterial species increasing sharply in numbers, while others, including Escachechia coli fell. E. coli, a common bacterium, and some strains cause such sicknesses as diarrhea, urinary tract infections, and respiratory illnesses and pneumonia. Basically stating that if you go through a, a period of intermittent fasting, reducing how much food you're intaking on a consistent basis, think about it. If you eat breakfast, four or five hours later you're eating lunch, a few hours later you're eating supper, maybe a snack before bed, and the only time you're not eating is while you're asleep, while your body's at rest. Your body's not really digesting a lot when it's sleeping. It's meant to rest. And then you'll wake up with a half-digested food in your belly and put more in there. So this evidence, the scientific evidence, is stating that if you reduce the amount of food you're consuming, allowing your body to digest completely what you've consumed already, it's good for you. Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed that? Unbelievable turn of events. All right, and there it is. Wrapping up the Sigma Tiger news on a Friday edition. Thank you all my day warners for coming back. Thank you all my Sig Tigs. Like and subscribe. Share the link to everybody. Go ahead and check out at Sigma Tiger Trade for your financials. 10,000 sub, mass comes off. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Might be here for Christmas Day. Might not. Can't say. Merry Christmas. Sigma Tiger, signing off.